batter will be Echevarria. Out to right field, back goes Castellanos to the track at the wall. It's out of here! Danny Echevarria goes up for another three-run homer, and the Mets have the lead. Three and two, the count to Jacoby Jones. Diaz ready. Got him looking, and the ball game is over. Jones doesn't like the call. He's barking at the home plate up Jerry Meals, but it doesn't matter. Edwin Diaz staggers, but does not fall. And the Mets take their first rubber game of the season. There's Martin Maldonado, the righty hitting catcher. The 2-0. Hit on the ground hard to third. Diving stop, Marcella from his backside. Throws to first in time. Wow, what a play. Wow, what a play. And he's still sitting on his rear end. That is some play. Now the Yankees are one strike away to Gore. Pitch is drive three. Yankees sweep a game-night doubleheader. For the first time in Toronto Raptors 24-year history, they will be headed to the NBA Finals. Milwaukee just took a timeout. And the Raptors will go up against the two-time defending champion Golden State Warriors. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat here on Anchor FM, a nice Memorial Day edition of the podcast. Nick and Joe alongside Scott here. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Three amigos back at it again. Yeah, how you doing? How was Top Golf the other night? What? How was Top Golf the other night? I won, of course. You barely won. I did not barely win. <laughs> you barely beat me. I had a uh, I'm no good and you barely beat me. I had a whopping oh. uh whopping drive with the old three wood. Two hundred and nineteen yards. Wow. Thank you. I think it might have been nice to you. Hit the uh the back of the net a couple times, as did you, Joe. So uh, I think yours rolled to the back of the net. Actually, <laughs> hit the back of the net. I don't know about that, Chief. <laughs> but uh, if you won, then uh, maybe it would actually count. But it's fine. Nobody I came in second both times. Who won the? Fr- uh, Danny. I, Danny did. Yeah. Our buddy Danny, who's actually surprisingly has a nice golf swing yeah, for a guy that's never played before. Wow, is actually. He hits it very straight. Actually, mm. it's pretty. Yeah, should get lessons from him. It's pretty remarkable, I think. But. Hmm. And then Joe's girlfriend Morgan hits it consistently. Like I say, if you had like a, a ball track on it, like the on top the, tracer, want, yeah. like a top tracer, like on TV, the ball would go the same place every time. It's annoying because I can't do that. But does it go straight though? It it's curves. Like, it's, it's a little curve, but it always but lands it ends up right in the in same spot. Always mm-hmm. ends up in the same spot. I don't know how. I don't know. Well, I don't know. All right. Well, we have to go play though. Down. I have to go play. Yeah, well, we'll take John the nice par three. Absolutely. Get him introduced. Yep, absolutely. We'll hit the the eighteen. Took him on the old uh, in Florida. Took him on the old uh, chip and putt. <laughs> How'd that go, Joe? You want to? I, I actually no. I don't think I did too bad. The first the first like three holes. <laughs> the were first hole, off. brutal, brutal. First the hole. blow up hole. Not, not oh gonna yeah. Lie. Not gonna lie. Was there was bad. one that was right against the fence. I don't know, remember. I don't remember what number it was, but it was the longest hole. I think it was like seventy six yards. I did good on that one. No, Danny. Oh, yes. Yeah. Almost in the water oh, on, on a chicken yeah. putt, which is that's bad. Did they like really? give you like? Did you have to buy golf balls there? Or, like, no, how did just, that work? Just um, it's like mini golf. They just give them to you. You just buy the. You just buy the round. I guess you could call it. Uh-huh. And then they have like donated golf clubs there, 
So you mm. pick. You just you really just need like a seven or eight iron and a putter. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they just have donated clubs, and then you just pick up balls out of a basket, and that's really it. You if you if you need more than like three balls, and you really should not be playing a chipping putt. But you shouldn't be playing golf in general. We just stick to <laughs> stick to mini golf. We just um. We grabbed two balls each. We didn't, I don't think we had a problem losing yeah, any balls. So. One time. So um, my friend, we were we'll in Myrtle get on Beach. Topic sooner or later. My friend <laughs> in Myrtle Beach lost his ball in mini golf. What? <laughs> he, um, How was that possible? I, well, Did the you first, lose it in the, king, in the, in the stream? He, um, in the king's no, castle? No. So <laughs> there's like, there's like an upper ledge. You had to hit it, and it goes down this little ledge, right. and there was a, a little gap in between the two. Yeah. Well, he somehow found the uh, found the ledge in between the two platforms. Are you kidding? So he tried to whack <laughs> it out. He hits the ball. It hits the 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 lip on this ball, flies over his head, back behind him, lands in the bushes. Can't find the ball. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> So he had to use our like. That's almost like the Phil Mickelson. Uh, what do you call that? The shot where he put it over the person's head. What the yeah, heck, what uh, do you call trick that? shot. Yeah, I guess. But there's a certain name for it. That's kind of like that, though. That's pretty funny. Yeah, In mini golf, when you don't even need another club. Yeah, but he lost the ball. That's 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 something. It was definitely know. something. Anyway, that's our golf talk for today. <laughs> uh, Kevin uh, Nam won the uh, whatever tournament this was this weekend. The, uh, the Charles Swab Challenge or something like that. Yeah, and then. Next week is the memorial, I think. Memorial. Tigers playing. Yeah, Tigers. Tough off that Masters win. Tough. But so anyway, you when you don't play for 30 plus days. Let's uh, let's get to what we were talking about. All right. What we plan to talk about. The Yankees. The Yankees. We're sick. Uh, of course. We we are amazing. All Yankee fans in this room. So we are very excited. They had a day night double header against the Kansas City Royals after getting rained out for game number one. I didn't even know that that was going to happen, but usually you know in advance if it's going to rain or not. Didn't had no idea. But they won game one, 7-3. Jay Happ, no doubt his best start is he, uh, this season so far. Six innings, four hits, three runs, ten strikeouts, only giving up one home run. Ottavino had a scoreless inning. Sessa had two scoreless innings, which is it's a miracle. remarkable. Huge. Absolutely remarkable. Starts off with uh, Clint Frazier hitting a two-run double in the top of the first off Jacob Junis, scoring Hicks and Luke Voigt. They lead to nothing. And then followed by that, Gio Urshela hits a sack fly RBI in the sixth uh, to score Brett Gardner. So they had a 3 nothing lead. And then Kansas City, uh, Merrifield hits a three-run homer off of Happ in the sixth. Just like that, the game's tied. And then, of course, our fan favorite here, Joe's favorite favorite Yankee Luke Voigt. I wonder man. why. It's a two-run two homer, <laughs> his 13th of the year in the top of the seventh off of Barlow to score Hicks, and they lead 5-3. to three. Uh, And then Tyro Estrada hits a two-run double in the eighth to open it up, really, for them. So the big thing to take away from this game, from game one of the doubleheader, was Jay Happ, absolutely. And Luis Sessa didn't suck, so that's <laughs> amazing. But it's always good news. If Jay Happ can, can – if he can start putting it together, the Yankees will be in good shape, which they – they need desperately because they don't have Paxton. They're injured all over the place, as we all know. Apparently, but Paxton could be coming back pretty soon. That that that's wonderful. We need the big maple back on the big hill. But yeah, if they can get consistent start like consistent starts like that out of Hap, then I think they'll be in good shape. So, who wants to take game two of the doubleheader? Sure. Um, the game two of the doubleheader was a six-five win for the Yankees. The Yankees trotted out an opener, Chad Green. 
which they are today, actually. Really? I saw that against, who are they playing? They're playing... The Padres. Padres. Yeah, they got that on my way over here, actually. The Chad Green is actually starting today. Oh, which I don't you know, know, analytics. Okay, sure. Um, I hate them, but whatever. So, Chad Green opened the game, pitched the first inning. Of course, gave up a run. One inning pitch, three hits, one run. Then Chance Adams came into the game. Should have just started him from the start, but, you know, analytics. Uh, pitched four innings, five hits, three runs, three strikeouts, but the runs he gave up really weren't his fault, considering Clint Frazier was a liability in right field. Yeah, well, um, I don't know what's going on there. He, uh, he's been a little shaky out there, um, and all three of his runs uh, were um, caused by errors or balls that should have been caught that were not caught, so I uh, can't really put that on Chance Adams. He was sent down after the game because he was the designated 26th man mm-hmm. because of the doubleheader. Um, then after that, Holder, Keenly, and Britton all through scoreless innings. Chapman came in for his 14th save of the season. Um, but uh, Dozier, Brian, Brian Dozier, is he on the... Uh, I don't think so. He's no. on the Nash, uh, the Nationals. The Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was stuck in between saying the Nats and the Nationals and the um, Steve Nashes. No, it's not Brian Dozier. It's Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier. There we go. Uh, it's an RBI double off Chad Green in the first. The Yankees are down one nothing, and then uh, Romy, my homie, a two run double um, in the second. Scores Kendris Morales and Clint Frazier uh, to lead two one. Then Cameron Maben kind of breaks out of his little slump. He was like three for twenty eight coming in to this at bat. He hits a two run double um, in the second to score Urshela and Romine to extend the Yankees lead to four one. DJ LeMahieu an RBI single in the top of the second scores Maben. Uh, 5-1 lead, and then Cameron Maben in the third, an RBI single, scores Clint Frazier, which six, uh, which extends the Yankees lead to 6-1, and that will um, close out the uh, scoring for the Yankees. And then the Royals get three runs in the fourth off Chance Adams, then one run off Chapman in the ninth. Uh, but the Royals do not score anymore, mm-hmm. and the Yankees come out with a 6-5 victory to sweep the doubleheader. On Saturday, do you like the th- do you like the idea that they're using an opener right now? Mm. I'm not really huge on it. I mean, we don't really have much pitching at the moment, so I don't know if they have uh, a lot of options. And they used Nestor Cortez, who actually pitched really well yesterday mm-hmm. uh, for four or five innings. Um, so they don't really have a starter that they can trot out there. You know, um, CC's banged up. Uh, Paxton, like we mentioned, is hurt. Um, I don't know. I think they really don't have many options at the moment. I just think it. I just think it kills the bullpen that's all i mean that's your yeah. really concern because the bullpen's the strength of this team and yeah the last really two can't run this out. week they've been uh really put through the ringer mm-hmm. with the orioles series even though the yankees destroyed the orioles starting pitching didn't really go that deep and then uh the royal series you know you had hapugo who went six in the opener and then um herman yesterday he didn't really have that great of an outing right. um so the bullpen was really tested and who knows, coming into this series, what the uh, options are out there for Aaron Boone. All right, Joe, you want to get in on this conversation? Sure, why oh, not? Wow, wonderful. Joe is here. Game three against Kansas City, Herman. Herman. Sorry. <laughs> Messed up. Already. Wait till we get to the Mets. Herman, <laughs> <laughs> five innings pitched, uh, nine hits, seven runs, six strikeouts, four home runs. Tough. Uh, Cortez Very- Jr. ends up. Having four scoreless innings, so good, good sign. Good so, uh, Holder ends up pitching two thirds of an inning, um, one hit, one run. Frazier ends up RBI single off of Duffy in the second. At top of the second, scores 
Torres, which gives him the lead, one nothing. And then uh, Kansas City, Maldonado. 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 I know you wanted me to practice the names, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Please continue. Sorry. Maldonado hits three run, three run homer. Off of her main. Armand. Armand. In the second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yankees trail three to one. Uh, then there's. Of course uh, I give you the one with Homer. The, with I know. The I know. <laughs> I, I could have done game two, game one, but no. That's okay, though. Um, <laughs> O'Hearn. Oh, oh, I knew that one. Oh, well, that O'Hearn, like struggling. O'Hearn homers off of Herman. Very good. In the fourth. And then Dozer hits two run home run off of. Herman in the fifth, <laughs> making it six-one. Solar so home where? run. Sorry, there's no accent. Oh, there's no accent. I need the accent. <laughs> Solar homers off Herman in the fifth, and they trail seven to one. At this point in the game, we all thought they were they were done for, but taking the beating, you know, it was fine. And then Joe, go ahead and continue. Okay, thank you. Because you know these names. Yes, Torres. <laughs> Good. Three-run home run, thirteenth of the season off of Duffy. In the top of the sixth, scores Hicks and Sanchez. So now the Yankees trail seven to four. Uh, Lemay huge. Lemay huge. Thank you. Very good. RBI LeMay single huge. off of Ian Kennedy. In the top of the uh, ninth, scores Frazier seventy seven to five. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, friendly fire. That was a complete accident. I try and be funny. We're just chucking of course, of course, it was the numbers, Ow. too. Chucking, <laughs> chucking the show notes here in the tri states. Ow. Sorry. Try to be Tony. Medical attention. I try to be Tony Reality out here. Throw the uh, paper. Hits hey, him, night, in the, hits <laughs> him in the schnoz. Sorry. Continuing. <laughs> Get a paper cut on the old nose. Ow. <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't poke him in the eye. At this point, Hicks is up. <laughs> <laughs> a two-run single off of Kennedy in the top of the ninth scores Yershella and LeMayhew. Tied it up 7-7. Looking awesome. Looking great. <laughs> then Kansas City's up. Nope. In the 10th. Merrifield, RBI single off of Holder and scores Hamilton. And then they lost. But Good night, Nelly. <laughs> Good night, Nelly. <laughs> All right, Joe. The thing that killed uh, Holder in the 10th was he walked Billy Hamilton, and you never want to put Billy Hamilton on base because no, he'll never. just steal bases uh, over and over and over again. Mm. He's a speedster. It's, yeah, that's for sure. At least. Um, you know, to take six out of seven on the road trip, Amazing. that's pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, even though we're playing uh, not great competition. Um, you can't complain a six and one road no, trip. No, not you at all. Complain, and you take two, two of two on a uh, doubleheader. Yeah, it's a sweep a day night doubleheader. Yeah, with a, you know, keeping your same guys in the lineup for the most part, and then um, you know, just some takeaways from this overall. Of course, they they get the job done against a bad team in Kansas City, but uh, Torres continues to produce at the high level that he's 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 on fire. He's amazing. If he can continue to play like this until guys like Judge and Stanton come back, I would, that would just be amazing. Um, Domingo Herman must have something with the Kansas City Royals where he just doesn't mm -hmm. play well. He didn't get the loss yesterday because the Yankees came back and tied the game. But his one loss for the season was against the Royals at Yankee Stadium. So, so you okay? Do you need medical I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm, I'm good. sorry. You need medical attention. I'll play through it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> 
But Herman, <laughs> there must be something against this this Royals lineup, or he just struggles. But for most for the most part, the Yankees in a comeback effort just fell short. Like we said, six and one on the road trip. And then I just saw this yesterday after the game that Yankees scout attended Dallas Keuchel's simulated game. So I guess the Yankees are really in the mix for Keuchel's services, I guess. Um, do you know, Scott, if they can acquire him now? Or is, uh, or I think it's after June 2nd. Okay. So that is soon. So we could see Dallas Keuchel in a Yankees uniform after June 2nd, maybe. It'll be a very different-looking Dallas Keuchel because he will not be able to have a beard. Beardless. have that really silly rule where you can't have facial hair. Or... Rock the nice mustache. Yeah, right. And then um, the Rays are also interested in Dallas Keuchel's services. Which I think would be pretty nasty if I'm the Rays. You have Blake Snell, and you, their pitching staff's pretty good. Yeah. So if they pick Charlie up Keuchel, yeah. If they pick up Keuchel, I'd be a little concerned because the Rays are right there. I think the Yankees are like two and a half games up on the Rays right now. Yeah. But uh, the Yankees coming up. They have three games against San Diego. Of course, starting today, Chad Green. Oh my goodness! There's an earthquake going on. Um, they got three games at home versus the Padres, and then they, of course, the four games set against the Red Sox, and then after that, they go to Toronto for three games to take on the Blue Jays. Um, this series against San Diego, if they take, I think they could take two or three pretty easy, but I think they'll lose one of these games just because the Padres lineup is pretty stacked against. If anything, yeah. it'd be probably today, because who's pitching? Is uh, do the Yankees see that? Um. That really good guy. What's his name? We mentioned him the other day, and I, you know, the guy that chirped Pete Alonso. Yeah, uh, let me. Let's. I'll look it up. Um, who's pitching for the Padres today? It is. Come on, ESPN app. Stram. You can do it. Matt Stram. Matt Stram. Strom. Stram. Strom. Yeah. Hi, Strom. Two and three. Three oh six. Paddock pitches game three. Yeah. So uh, game three could be an interesting one. Yeah, but I'm saying, well, I'm saying today because the Yankees are starting an opener and they're going to be using that bullpen a lot. So, again, it wouldn't surprise me if they lose two of three, but it wouldn't shock me if they won two of three or even swept. But yeah, um, I'm just looking for, I'm not looking past the Padres by any means, but I'm looking forward to that four game set against the Red Sox because I feel like that'll really show where the Yankees are at. Yeah. If they, if they play well against the Red Sox, then obviously it's a positive. If they don't, it's kind of disappointing because you want to be your rival in your home stadium but we'll see what happens i mean if the padres are for real as they are then maybe the yankees struggle but if not then wonderful anything else no i think you pretty much covered it all right do you want to what do we want to do here do you want to take a break do you want to do the mets what do you want to do yeah i think we'll take a break because we'll probably go a little longer than 13 minutes on the mets so Um, all right, we'll be right back here on the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Welcome back here on the Tri-State Sports Beat, Nick, Joe, and Scott. Uh, so Mets, mm. awful. Meet the Mets, awful. They're above five hundred. Oh, they're not. Above. Actually, they're no, at they're 500. at five hundred. All right, sorry. I'm Good sorry. Mets. Compared to the Yankees, I mean, Yankees. Are... Yeah, Mets are staying afloat right now. Yes. So not as ahead. good as they started. No. So go ahead, Joe. So game one against the Tigers is a Tough. long game here. Tough. <laughs> Big loss. Nine to eight. Syndergaard, five and a third innings pitched. Ten hits, six runs, nine strikeouts, two home runs. Syndergaard, you're awful. Oh, <laughs> For that game. How concerned are we about Syndergaard right now? I don't know. He's not pitching very well. I'm so I uh, might very, need to shave the hair. Take the DeGrom method of success. Yeah, he's got to so? something. Shave the mane. Uh, I think 
I think right now Steven Matz is better than Syndergaard at this point in the rotation. Matt, yeah, Matz is pitching pretty well. Matz is killing it. All right, Joe, go ahead. Game two. We covered game one on the yeah, uh, Saturdays, so if you want to hear our Joe thoughts on that, we'll get <laughs> game two against the Tigers. Uh, Vargas started pitching five innings, five hits, only one run. I did a typo because I don't want you to mess up. It's Bachelor, not Bachelor. It's Bachelor. Bachelor. It auto corrected for me because okay. it's not used Thank to that you. silly Thank last you. name. You're welcome. Okay. Bachelor. One inning pitched, one hit, two runs. He's been pretty good lately. Gazelman. Ugh. One and two thirds inning pitched, two hits, one run. They need to do something about him. He really, I don't know. Oh, he's terrible. He's just not good. And Diaz has his first blown save of the season. What do you think about that? I mean, he's not. I mean, he's human. So yeah. he's he's not Mariano. He's pretty damn good though. But he's not Mariano. But even Mariano's had his blown save. You know. Over his illustrious career, Edwin Diaz is a pretty good closer, though. He's one of the best in the National League, I think, being a closer. But then, of course, uh, Wilmer Font, Zamora, and Santiago all through scoreless innings. And then um, take and, it away with the. Yeah. Then Ramos solo home run, fourth of the season off of Ryan Carpenter in the bottom of the second. He's low key getting hot right now. He's and been hitting the past couple games. So. That ends up tying the game 1 1. Yep. Uh, Ramos then. RBI singles off of Carpenter in the bottom of the fourth, scoring J.D. Davis. Not Rajay, J.D. J.D. <laughs> um, and then for the Tigers, Dixon hits two-run homer off of Bachelor in the sixth, makes the uh, Mets trail three to two. And Ramos, yet again, two-run home run, uh, fifth and second of the game. Uh, in the in the bottom of the sixth, Ramirez scores Rosario, and the Mets are back up four three. Mm-hmm. Back to the Tigers. <laughs> Jacoby Jones hits RB single RBI single Arby's. Off, we have the meats. Arby, yeah. Arby's. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> Me some that roast beef. Some that roast beef <laughs> for sandwiches. Uh, where was I? Jesus. He hits Jacoby RBI, Jones. RBI single. Uh, yeah, RBI single. Take off it to the house. Diaz. In the eighth, uh, eighth scores, Harrison ties the game 4-4, and then Nito. Tomas Nito. Tomas. Solo homer, second of the season off of Buck Farmer. All right. In the bottom of the third. That could be a really bad name that for is, broadcasters. I'm sorry. That is the, that is the coolest name <laughs> of a relief oh, That's pitcher. a dangerous one. You're just lucky I was paying attention. <laughs> 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 and that's the game. <laughs> Buck Farmer. <laughs> oh boy, that's a tough name. It's always tough. <laughs> that's the now cool- on. I'm just saying farmer. That's the coolest. That's the coolest name. Buck early. Farmer. <laughs> He's got a mean beard too. That's why I think you like him. Okay, you should Google him. He's got a pretty sweet. He's got a pretty sweet beard. But Scott, doesn't autocorrect. You were talking. (laughs) You were talking up Tom Tomas Nito last game. uh, Last podcast for his defense, not for his bat. But here we go. Yeah, that's That's true. Solid beard, right? What does he look like? Your average relief pitcher. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty good. (laughs) Oh yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) You were talking up Tomas Nito, and he comes up clutch with a solo homer. To uh, give the Mets a, a W. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Ramos, all, well, both catchers had a good game. Ramos hit uh, two home runs 
and uh, maybe his power's coming back a little bit. And then Tomas Nito um, hits the walk-off homer off like of Buck game. Farmer. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> All right, so you do game three. All right, game three against the Tigers uh, at City Field. Um, the audience today. <laughs> the Mets pull off the W4-3. Wheeler, great outing. Awesome. Seven and a third innings, five hits, three runs, eight strikeouts, and a home run. Familia didn't stink. Uh, <laughs> gave up no hits and no runs. Uh, Edwin Diaz picked up his 13th save of the season. Um, the Tigers kicked off the scoring uh, in the first inning. Nicholas Castellanos homers off Wheeler in the first. The trail one nothing, and then he added another uh, RBI single off Wheeler in the third to give the Tigers a 3 nothing lead. Todd Frazier, how you doing? Wow. RBI single off Spencer Turnbull in the bottom of the fourth. Scores Dom Smith. Nice to see Dom Smith in the uh, lineup. Yep. I'll carefully place the paper on the ground this time. <laughs> um, and then a Denny Hechevaria, former Yankee, um, hits a three-run homer off Spencer Turnbull in the bottom of the fourth to score Ramos and Frazier. And that was the end of the scoring. The Mets won 4-3. Um, so the Mets, great homestand for them. They take two or three from the Tigers and six of seven overall against the Nats and the Tigers. Um, we mentioned Noah Syndergaard and his struggles a little bit, um, but overall 11 starts. He has a 4.93 ERA, and he's already given up more home runs this season he uh, than he did last season. He gave up nine home runs all of last season. He's already given up 10 this year. Um, 11 starts. That's, that's yeah, like not great. Three. That's like one home run per start. It's almost Tanaka-esque. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just starting pitching is the big thing for the Mets. They're going to have to carry this team, mm-hmm. uh, especially with all the injuries. Uh, Cano, McNeil, uh, Nimmo. Conforto came back yesterday, so yeah. they had to send uh, or they had to designate Rajai Davis for assignment. Um, yeah, twenty. Well, we were looking at part um, of that twenty fifteen All Star outfield. Yeah, was it yesterday? Or the day before it was the day we did the podcast. So that was Saturday. Saturday, we um. We're looking at the loudest crowd reactions, and one of them was Rajay Davis's home yeah. run in the uh, in the World Series. One of the biggest home runs that will be forgotten. Exactly, exactly. So um, right now the Mets at twenty twenty six and twenty six. Yep, um, they're staying afloat despite the injuries and some inconsistencies. And uh, next up, they got four game set against the Dodgers in LA starting today. Big and- pitching matchup tonight: Degrom and Kershaw. How do you see that one going? I hope, I really hope DeGrom, DeGrom needs a little bit of a good start here. Yeah, um, I could see the Dodgers taking this series. I could see them taking three out of four. Mm. And then two games set at the Arizona Diamondbacks and a three-game set in San Francisco. I don't know that's in City Field, but they play the Giants, San Francisco Giants. Um, Big think, road trip for the Mets. I think the Mets have a chance to at least split with the Dodgers. I mean, yeah, it matters – you know, what kind of pitching performances they get. Because uh, it's going to be – it's probably going to be DeGrom tonight and then probably Matz and then we, uh, Syndergaard. Syndergaard and then Wheeler probably. Uh, no, Vargas. Oh, no, Vargas. Vargas. Tough. So, I mean, the Mets just need to give DeGrom run support. That's their biggest issue when he's on the mound. And it will be interesting because we talked about this last time, Scott, that um, the personal catcher. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see who's going to catch for Degrom tonight, whether it's going to be Ramos or Tomas Nito. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So we talked about that last time about how we kind of feel about that. I'm I really don't believe in the personal catcher. You were kind of like, yeah, I mean, whatever works for Degrom, basically. But yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. you have to do whatever Degrom needs exactly. to uh, be successful. You uh, 
Didn't you say like his ERA was almost under one? With yeah, it's Tomas like Nito catching. It's like one five. It's below one five, mm-hmm. I think. With and it's around like four with Ramos catching. Yeah. So, so um, the Mets got to put some wins together. They're I think they I think they are four and a half games out. If I am my memory serves. Probably the right. wild card. No, the division. Four really? And four and a half games out of the division, and I think two and a half out of the wild card. I think I really? saw that last night. So, because the Phillies, because I don't, I really haven't been following the Phillies, but they are in first place, and then followed by, I believe. I'm looking it up right now to, believe, to help you out. Yeah, I believe it's the Braves. Maybe not. The Mets are in third. I know that because the Nationals yeah. are fourth. All right, here we go. I believe it's the Braves in second. Um, if we want to run through the AL East real quick, the Yankees yeah. are on top. Tampa Bay is two back. Boston six and a half back. Toronto's thirteen and a half back, and Baltimore is eighteen and a half back. Sorry, Baltimore. Baltimore has a run differential of negative 108. Jeez. Worst in the majors. Um, all right, going to the NL East. Phillies at 31 and 22 are in first place. Atlanta at 30 and 24 is one and a half games back. The Mets at 26 and 26 are four and a half back. Mm-hmm. So you were right. Uh, the Nationals at 22 and 31 are nine games back. And then the Marlins at 16 and 34 are 13 and a half games back. And then I think the Mets out of the wild card. I think they're two and a half games out yeah, of the wild card. Yeah, let's see. Wild card here. Um, the AL wild card, Tampa's on top. Uh, they're four and a half games up on Boston and Oakland. Um, and then the National League, Atlanta and Milwaukee are the two. Uh, wild card teams, and then the Mets are three back of Milwaukee. Okay, maybe the Yankees can help out the Mets. You know, the Padres are one and a half games back in the wild card. If the Mets take care of business against the old Dodgers, the old Dodgers. Um, yeah, Dodgers thirty-five and eighteen. So, uh, what are the Brewers? What are the Brewers looking like right now? They're at thirty and twenty-four. They're one and a half games back of the Cubs at thirty and twenty-one. Christian Yelich MVP. What He's unbelievable. unbelievable. He is we talked about this last. We talked about this last time briefly. Imagine how good the Marlins would be right now. I know Yelich, uh, Stanton, if he was still there. Um, who else am I forgetting? Um, well, well, yeah, Ozuna. Ozuna. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they traded Paddock. Yeah, Justin Bohr. Yeah, D Gordon. Yeah, D Gordon. <laughs> but like, you bring up Jose Fernandez, and he is the like. Um, Christian Yelich was on Pardon My Take, I think, the Barstool podcast, and he was talking about like it, Jose Fernandez's death literally like derailed the. Uh, it's it, like obviously it's more than baseball, but in a baseball sense, it literally like ruined the franchise. He was their he was their ace. He was no oh doubt. yeah, he was like one of the best pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. And then you know the uh, tragic death. Yeah, um, that was what was that two or three years ago? Three years. I want to wow. say it was like three years ago. Yeah, that's. It's still kind of unbelievable when you think about it. Yeah. But we just think about how good the Marlins would be right now. I know. They if were unreal. Jeter didn't ship everybody. I out. mean, he had to because yeah, their their ownership group didn't have enough money to pay Stan's contract. And, you know, I I don't know, like, what kind of – I mean, it's not easy to say right now what kind of return they got for everyone. But yeah. um, but they do basically have, like, AAA, AA players playing yeah. there right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know – I don't know what Jeter's plan is for the Marlins right now. The only thing I know is that they took that horrible, horrible statue out of center field. Yeah, that's the best thing he's ever done and for the, the U- Marlins. Not to kill the Marlins completely, but their uniforms suck. <laughs> no, I like them. I yeah. like their new uniforms. All right, they're not they're not terrible, but I don't like how 
they both uniforms say Miami on them. Like yeah. the home one should say well, Marlins. The away one should probably their colors were literally made like the uh, the Miami like Vice colors. Yeah. So like Which I can I, I they're okay. embracing the Miami mm. thing. I re- I like their their colors. Yeah, they're okay. I just don't like. I think they should have Marlins across the chest. Yeah. For their home jerseys, at least. I don't know, and I think they're kind of boring. I kind of like. I think they're a little bit boring. I kind of like the older ones better. And I kind of wish they would have kept the Florida, the Florida Marlins colors. I kind of like those, the the old ones back in the day. Yeah. But just name them my. I don't know. The Marlins are kind of irrelevant, but it is what it <laughs> You're is. You're not wrong there. But um, looking back for a second before we go to break, um. Seeing where the Phillies are right now and what Bryce Harper's done for Philly, do you do you still wish that Bryce Harper would be in a Yankee uniform as much as I do? Um, I mean I wanted Bryce Harper. I I wanted him more than Machado. I think I was on here and said that. But uh I I think he would have been unbelievable in Yankee Stadium. I know Citizens Bank Park is a really big uh very nice stadium. Yeah, very nice stadium. Um, I think it's also very big hitters ballpark, but that short porch in right field would have been unbelievable for him. But he, I, I feel like he would have, he probably would have done the same because he would have felt the pressure coming to New York. And but he's really like embraced Philly, and it's actually really cool. yeah. Like, like I went there with my with my sports journalism class. He just changed the culture. Completely yeah, he did. Philly. And I think I don't think he would have done quite the same. If he was here, because the Yankees are the Yankees, they're bigger than just one player. But uh-huh. I still think that the Yankees should just held out. I think they would have gotten him if they didn't trade for Stan. Yeah, I think so me, too. And you know me personally. Yeah, they might have got Machado if they didn't trade for Stan. That's true too. You know me personally. Like I'm not a huge on the Stanton deal. They didn't need Stanton, but nor do they need Bryce Harper. But I don't know. I think I think Harper's better. He's more electric. He's not quite the home run hitter Stanton is, but the Yankees have Aaron Judge when he's healthy. He hits, he's good for forty, almost fifty home runs a year. Yeah. So they didn't need Stanton more home run power. I think Bryce Harper would have brought more versatility to the Yankees, and he's a better. I think he's a better defensively than Stanton, but I don't know. I still wanted Bryce Harper, but he's very happy in Philly, and he's kind of exciting to watch there. Yeah, though his like little bow thing. Does he still do that? I yeah, wonder. He does. He does. I um, like when he hits a double or gets into second, or and he uh and he waves the dugout. That makes yeah. me laugh. He's <laughs> just, see, it's all good spirits in Philly, and if they were losing, it'd be wor- it would it would not be good. But yeah. they're in first place. They're right going to be an interesting team in the playoffs. Like they could be a fun. Like I'm not going to root for Philly, but, no. but uh, they could be a fun team to watch. Yeah, especially, and I could talk about their. Their, their baseball station. I could talk about Citizens Bank Park all day. Been there once, and I'm like, yeah, I love it there. I don't bash on my own. I don't bash on my own home stadium, but Yankee Stadium is kind of boring. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's all the uh, you know the tradition and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. All right, so I guess we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll do NBA and NHL playoffs because we have a finals matchup set in the NBA, and of course, Joe, we'll get you in the conversation, pal. With the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Thanks. I'm still here. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> he, didn't go, he didn't take a bathroom break, and no. he didn't have to go to the hospital for his paper cut on his not bleeding, no, so. No. Don't, go a little <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> Band-Aid juice and igloo coolers. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the Tri-State Sports Beyond Anchor FM. 
And welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Bee on Anchor FM, brought to you by the Infatuation mobile app. And now, Anchor voice messages. Got to hear that uh, nice ad. Great ad. Nice ad. Spunky. (laughs) Read by uh, Ranger Joe over here. Ranger Joe. (laughs) Um, We now have an NBA Finals matchup. The Toronto Raptors beat the Bucks four games to two in the Eastern Conference Finals. Won four straight games after being down two to nothing. What do we think about the Raptors? They're sick. They are sick. Kawhi is sick. Oh, amazing. Joe? I, I I honestly thought the Bucks were going to be in the finals. Yeah, I did say on here, I will go on the record saying that I was wrong, of yeah. course, again, that I had the, the Bucks winning game, uh, game six to force a game seven. But the Raptors advance in their 24-year history to their first NBA finals. So let's kind of preview this a little bit. Warriors, Raptors. Game one is Thursday, the 30th in Toronto, which is kind of weird because we're always used to the finals starting and going through Golden State at Oracle, which their last season in Oracle because they're moving to San Francisco next year. Um, Let's preview this a little bit. No KD, of course, game one. Game two, we don't even know yet. Can Kawhi Leonard take advantage of no KD in the lineup? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I was getting to. Very good, Tommy. Very good interlude. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Draymond Green will end up being – I think he can overpower, like, Pascal Siakam and Sergi Baca, whoever they put in there. I think he's going to I think he's gonna serve a problem in this finals. Um, Kyle Lowry against Steph, a little scared. Uh, I think Steph Raptors. could uh, take him to town. Yeah, I don't know. I really have – I don't follow the Raptors other than – being in the playoffs, but I don't know how good defensively Kyle Lowry is, but he does show up in the playoffs. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. Um, a little X factor here, I think, for the Warriors, former Finals MVP Andre Iguodala, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. because he just seems to perform on this big stage every single year in whatever capacity. But where do we see this series going? Um, I think it also matters when KD comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Toronto uh, taking one of the two games in Toronto. I mm-hmm. think they have to to have a chance to win the series. Yeah. If you can't get swept on home court and then, you know, think you're going to win. Um, so they're going to have to take one of two. Uh, two of two would be a huge win for them to yeah. defend home court. I think the Warriors are still going to win. I don't think it matters if they have KD or not. Obviously, they're better with him, but they're still freaking fantastic without him. And, you know, Toronto's been on this huge run, and I think they do have an underrated team. I think people don't give them enough credit than what they deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, Marcus Saul, um, obviously Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. um, OJ Anunoby. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Fleet. Yeah, so they, they have a decent, you know, decent starters, and obviously the big thing is their bench. I think they're they're going to have to win the bench battle. Um, I think they can. I don't think yeah. Golden State's bench is that great. No, I don't think so. You have Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, uh, Iguodala. Mm-hmm. Well, Iguodala, not even if KD's Looney. out. So, yeah, their yeah. bench isn't anything Their best player right there is, is Iggy. Yeah. Easy. But, and he might start when KD is hurt. So Yeah, he might have to. And, um, I think... I think where the, where the Raptors, they just need... I know it's cliche to say, but they have to defend the three-point line. If yeah. they even want a chance, I mean, take your blows within the three-point line. They don't. The Warriors don't shoot a lot of 
inside jumpers. Yeah. So if Kawhi can be like finals MVP Kawhi with the Spurs and Locke, I don't know, whoever it is, I think if KD comes back game two, it'll be him against Kawhi. I think if Kawhi, I think if anybody can lock down KD, it's going to be Kawhi Leonard because obviously mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard has now shown that he can do both sides of the ball. And all, well, I think we knew this already, but MVP type stuff, like league MVP type stuff. That's why I'm saying, you know, that's why I asked you last time, Scott, if it's a possibility that Kawhi could steal the MVP from Giannis. I don't think he will. He's all, yeah, he's also sat out uh, like 20 plus games. In the right. regular and he season. gets heavily criticized for that. Going back to his, uh, San Antonio days too with the with the whole injury thing, but I'm excited for this NBA Finals. I'm going to watch every single game. I think it's nice to see a franchise like Toronto finally get there. Mm-hmm. But after this is all said and done, no matter who wins, I know it's pretty consensus here that we think the Warriors are going to take it. I think it'll. I think it can go to five six games. I don't think the Warriors let it get to a game seven, unfortunately. But let's let's look beyond the NBA Finals a little bit. After this, win or lose, do you think Kawhi has a chance to stay in Toronto long term on a one year contract, or is he, or is he out of Toronto after this year? Um, I think he's growing uh, to like really like Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him staying because I heard I heard this this morning, and I think it was Stephen A. Smith brought up an excellent point. Kawhi Leonard doesn't just have a team, a city around him. A whole country is rooting for him. Yeah. So, and he could grow, you know, he's, he is their figure right now. I mean, no Canadian team is in the, is in the NH in the Stanley cup playoffs or in the, in the finals. So everyone's in on the Raptors right now. The Blue Jays suck. Everyone's in on the Raptors right now. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi's got everybody's attention. And as, as they should, as he should, mm-hmm. he's one of the best players in the league. I think, I don't think they can pull the upset, but I think Kawhi. I still, I still strongly think Kawhi is going to end up in, with the Clippers for some reason. He's from, he's from LA. He's from the California area. As much as Toronto embraces him, I, I just don't see him for his brand. I think he can build a brand in Toronto, like absolutely with Drake and, you know all the, everything in there, but mm-hmm. I just see Kawhi teaming up with another superstar, whether it's, I mean, KD and Kawhi to the Clippers has heated up a little bit uh, as of recent, as of recently. So I don't think that's realistically to happen, but you never know. I think, I th- I just think, I think ever since the mid point of the season, I was like, I could see really Kawhi going to the Clippers. I just think, it would be a cool storyline. You have LeBron in LA with the Lakers. You have Kawhi with the Clippers. It would be nice to see them if LeBron can get back into the playoffs, yeah. which we don't even know if it's going to happen. But um, I'm excited for the NBA playoffs, the NBA finals. See what happens, how good Kawhi does, and how the Warriors can, can contain him, and whether or not KD, when and if he comes back, how much of an impact he makes. If he makes the Warriors worse, or I don't think it'll make them worse, but. The Warriors just play better team basketball when KD's not in the lineup. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's going to be a good finals. Um, I hope it extends a little bit. It's not just over in four games. Yeah, that's, um, that'd be a, we need that a competitive. The NBA really needs a competitive finals because mm-hmm. I think if the Warriors win again, people are going to start, you know, uh, 
kind of turning off the NBA, mm-hmm. turning away from it. Yeah. So, I mean, the Warriors have been in what now five, five or six straight NBA Finals. Yeah, it is kind of boring, but I think this off season can change it drastically. Hopefully, for your good and my good. Yeah, as our teams are getting very, very much looked at. Kyrie is now the favorite to go to the to the Nets. Scott, you're kind of like, yeah, I want Kyrie, and I and I guess people around the Nets like the Kyrie and D'Lo pairing. So they it would you know it would be sick, but that's also what that's also what Boston fans said though about Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, yeah, we saw how that worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm very questionable about the uh, because uh, about the pairing of Kyrie and D'Lo. People are like people in the Nets are apparently saying that they're really high on that partnership. I just don't know how that's going to work. They both need their touches. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. I and you know, and you know, Kyrie's gonna yeah. get the majority of them. Sorry, D'Lo, but like, yeah, I'm very kind of cautious on that partnership. Two on-ball, ball-dominant guys. Right. I don't know how that would work in the same lineup. And think about that too. I mean, Kyrie doesn't really play defense. Well, nobody in the NBA plays really plays defense anymore. Kawhi, real. Well, the thing with Kyrie, I th- I really think that he needs to go to a team that he's the second man. Right. He can't he be, would the be the first man. He would be the first guy was, in with the Nets. Yeah, that's what he that's what he was with Boston, and, mm-hmm. and you saw how that worked out. It just didn't work out at yeah, all. Yeah, it's not like he's going to the Nets and he's going to be the second guy. He's going to be the main piece there. If the Nets want to, I mean, the Nets could go around this different ways. They could, you know, if Kawhi, let's just say they get Kawhi and and Kyrie, those are two max contracts they have right now. They're going to say goodbye to D'Lo at that point. I know you're very loyal to D'Lo, Scott, but yeah. if you get Kawhi and Kyrie, I think you're more than you know, more than willing to give up D'Lo. Yeah, I I am. Uh, I'm also very high on the on a Kyrie and Tobias Harris partnership. Yeah, we forget about Tobias Harris through all this. Yeah, he's the he's the big thing that the Nets need. I'm not really sure that the Nets need to add another guard alongside D'Lo. They need to add like a guard and a big, a big guy, like a mm-hmm. a three four. Like stretch guy. Think about this too. If they add another guard, where does that put Joe Harris? That'll probably put him on the bench, obviously. But yeah. I think he's valuable as a starter for them. He, you know, when he doesn't miss all those three pointers he did at the end. Of the yeah. Stretch. They have. See, that's another thing too. Is you're just piling up more guards, and I think that's going to lead to someone being traded away, whether it's. Uh, it would probably be like Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think would they would you trade. Would you no. want to see that happen? I, uh, they should, I mean, it matters who they get. If they get like someone sick for him, but they like, should not, under any circumstances, trade Karis Levert. No, they can't. Under any circumstances, should not. No, I completely agree, and I, I don't think, think they would. I think you can. I think you're more than welcome to the idea of trading Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I mean, he's a free agent anyway. Oh, I think he so. He's gone. But I don't think the Nets should resign him. No, he's terrible. Terrible. Terrible player. Um, yeah, I think the Nets have a legitimate chance. I think more Kawhi than KD. Yeah, I and think, I think so you, too. I think you actually want Kawhi more than KD. I do. I do. Me, on the other hand, I you know, just get somebody here. Yeah, get somebody in the Knicks uniform. But uh, we'll see what happens as we head to the offseason and watch the NBA Finals and see what happens. All right, Joe, it's your time to shine, pal. He's Stanley saving his final. voice for this entire Stanley Cup Finals. Do you want to actually <laughs> take the mic? Yeah. You can hold on. I right. got the paper right here. Right. I have Wonderful. stats on my phone, so we're all good. All right, Joe, take it away. 
So Blues and Bruins, as most of us know, uh, first time these two have been to the playoffs against each other since the iconic Bobby Orr goal while when he's flying in the air like All right. a superhero. Let me interrupt. Did he really fly? Like it's he got, yeah, he got. I don't in. know about. Like, did you ever see what? the video? I did, but it's, it's like it's it's like. Did like he even get above like the the crossbar on the goal? No, he didn't get above the crossbar. He doesn't have wings. All right, I just think <laughs> that's a, I honestly. Oh, I know what you're talking he, about. He, now. he did get. He got tripped, and he was parallel to the. All right, ice. honestly, honestly, I think that's a little. Overrated. As he was, I think that's a little overrated moment. It's still an iconic. I know it's iconic, but it's a little event. overrated. All right, he tripped and he went airborne. That was, like, like that was the goal. That was the winning goal. Yeah, but do you think it would? I think it would have been just as and it big was Bobby if he would. I understand it's Bobby Orr. I know who Bobby Orr is. Do you? Yes. What position did he play? For he played for the Bruins. I don't know what position he played. Forward, <laughs> center, wing. He was a defenseman. Oh, tough. <laughs> Goalie. This is why he's the hockey expert yeah, exactly. and not us. Boy. Yeah. But that's why I didn't talk. I don't know. I think, it's, I, I, I think it's a little overrated moment. I mean, he's flying. I know it's a cool picture, and now it's a statue in front of uh, the TD Garden. But no, that for for a hockey. Guy, I'm, a, I'm a hockey girl, fan, but like child person. I don't know. I think it's definitely not overrated. I think the call, the broadcast call, is better than the actual. But that's the the whole the whole event it's okay. uh, the whole moment is just what made okay. it so iconic. And I guess you could make the argument. Yeah, I guess. And as a Knicks fan, I don't mean to bring it back to basketball, but I guess you could kind of compare that to the John Stark's dunk over Michael Jordan. As a Knicks fan, I'll tell you right now, he did not dunk over Michael Jordan. He dunked over Horace Grant. Michael Jordan just happened to be there. I think it's a little overrated, but it's still I think that's more overrated than Bobby Orr, though. Relax, second. It, it is. He wasn't even. He didn't even dunk over Michael Jordan. You just said it. I know, but he still it was an awesome dunk. There's a lot of awesome dunks mm. that don't get as much praise. It was in the playoffs though against the Bulls. They lost a series, but you know we're just gonna run past that real quick. Go ahead, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it back to the Knicks as I normally do. Anyway, <laughs> game one on the twenty seventh, which Curry. is today. Yeah. Um, in Boston, Boston is the higher seed. Uh, so two in Boston, two in St. Louis, then it switches back and forth. Whatever. That's usually how it works. That's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you what do you guys' thoughts? Do you, did you guys follow this at all, or is it kind of a little like, bit? Yeah. I, uh, how good is this Bennington kid? He's pretty good. I actually have. He's not. As well rounded as Tuka Rask. I mean, Tuka Rask is playing the best hockey this guy's career. A good, yeah, he's yeah. a rookie, isn't he? Of course, yeah, he's not gonna he be is. Tuka Rask. Uh, his uh, <laughs> goals against <laughs> his goals against average is a two three seven, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, save percentage is a a point nine one four, so that's pretty good. It's pretty average. Huh? Um, and obviously he has twelve wins. So, and he's got that's I, only in the playoffs, believe, right? Yeah, it's all playoffs. Really, and uh, one shutout. Compared yeah. to Tuka Rask, who has a uh, 1.84 uh, goals against average, um, save percentage of 9.42, and uh, two shutouts. So they're they're really close. Um, I don't want Boston to win. Me neither. Nobody just, does. Even though think. Boston has a Quinnipiac uh, alum on their team, Connor Clifton. Oh. Um, gotcha. I do not want Boston and to win. And the Long Island native, Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I kind of lose. He actually like he him. he played on the same uh, junior team that I played on. 
not like the year before I played, but tough. The Metro yeah. Moose? Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Shout out Metro Pretty Moose. Cool. Pretty cool. By the way, I'm sorry, you need to change your Instagram bio. You do not play for the Metro Moose anymore. I am an alum. <laughs> <laughs> I am an alum. <laughs> then write alum. You don't still play for them. No. I know it's an honor. <laughs> I know you expect your number to be retired. Just like I, I think it, I think it has. It's it's that's up like at Aviator me. Sports Arena, if you guys in Brooklyn on Flatbush Avenue. That's like me expecting a plaque for being the JV lacrosse all-time leading scorer. You do. You still <laughs> want to be honored at their game? I should be. <laughs> Every time you go, it's like we were recording oh, is it my day? ceremony. Is it my ceremony yet? He put the uh, he put his old lacrosse helmet on. He said, <laughs> oh that, he, said he said the dome got a little bigger. The dome definitely got a little bigger. <laughs> definitely got a little bigger. Yeah, I have less air. I have air in the. I have the I have less brain. hair than I did. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, um I'm, still, I'm still waiting for my halftime uh, celebration. <laughs> But what do you so at Jefferson Lacrosse? <laughs> yes, every I expect a plaque, my number to be retired. I was. We went to the lacrosse um, senior night, and he was like, the ceremony started. And he was like, "Oh, this is my time." Down there. I was like, "No!" Imagine you just walked on the field. Everyone be like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You should. <laughs> You should go in the press box and be like, hello, Nick Federico here, all-time <laughs> leading scorer in JV Jefferson lacrosse history, <laughs> gracing your airwaves. Listen to my podcast. I try to start on a short <laughs> <laughs> oh, Remember, I'm a sick lacrosse player at the JV level. <laughs> at the JV level. Never can make varsity. I was never fast enough. <laughs> that might not be the only thing. I did not play senior year. Tough gave up. You know why it. I didn't play? <laughs> I don't mean to make this all about me, but like, I am tooting your own horn. I don't. Thought we were covering hockey. We are. <laughs> I didn't play my senior year because I wanted to earn my spot on varsity, and, and that was obviously not happening. As a senior, you have to play varsity. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to play. Play. You just had to be on varsity. Yeah, I didn't. No, I don't want that. I wanted to earn my spot. I didn't earn it. So look at what I'm doing now. I don't need to be an athlete, okay? We need to talk about the athletes. Yeah, exactly. That's you paid the big bucks. Should have been on the golf team. Now that would have been something. Now that I think about it, I should have. I think all they did was walk the track for practice. I think ESU has like intramural golf. I think they do. Oh, that's sick. May have to do that. That's sick. Maybe I'll get good enough. All right. So NHL. (laughs) Um, what Um, what do we expect from this series? Honestly. I think it's going to be a super competitive series only because these two teams have a lot of history Mm -hmm. together. Um, Going back to the Bobby Orr, ever since then, it's kind of been like borderline rivalry status. Um, And you know you're always going to get chippiness from uh, Brad Marchand. I hate him. Over under how many times they mention the Bobby Orr thing during this whole series? Mm. Two or three. For the whole series, they're going to mention that in the uh, first period. So. No, I don't. I really Ten. don't think they'll mention it. I think that. The, much. No, I think they'll mention it in the, the first pre-game. game. Pre-game, yes. In the first game it. of the of game one, yeah. I say over under. Mm, over under four. All right, tens maybe a little too much. Over under four. I was thinking like six I'm, or I'm seven. Still, I'm sticking with my during under. the pregame of game one. I'm sticking with my under. Or Keep like in the broadcast, too. just throughout the series. Yeah, all right. Well, game I one's, say over under. Game four. one's today, so oh wonderful. 
True. Um, but yeah, no, Brad Marchand, actually, as much as everybody hates him, Ooh. I like how he plays. I think he is a little... He's a rat. Yeah, yeah, he is. But I mean, in 12 games in the playoffs, 12 wins in the playoffs, he has 18 points. Mm-hmm. So he's doing yeah. more than just being super chippy. And he leads the team in assists as well at 11. So you can't say that he's just a chippy guy. He just goes out there to hurt people because he's obviously doing other things on the ice. Right. And he, he's the second leading goal scorer on the, on the team mm-hmm. with seven. So there's that. All right. Um, another guy on Boston to look out for is Charlie McAvoy. I like him. Charlie McAvoy, he leads the team in uh, ice time. He played for B. Twenty four minutes. B U. Yeah. Did you see him play? Probably Quinnipiac B U. I don't know if he was on the team when I was. Let me see. Um. Um. Might have. I've seen uh, Jordan Greenway play. I've seen um, Kale McCarr play. Mm. Kale McCarr. I'm trying to think of any other studs. I saw Adam Fox play multiple times. All right, so what else you got, Joe? Um, and really, <clears throat> the uh, St. Louis Blues have to watch their their penalties. Right. Because Boston Bruins are the number one power play percentage team in the playoffs. Yeah, that could be an X factor. Absolutely. And especially if it's going to get chippy, I know referees in in this type of environment in the Stanley Cup playoffs they don't in really, general. They don't really let that stuff go. No, well, in the finals, they let more go really? than they will in any other game. You don't see you don't see a lot of fights in the this. No, Cup not playoffs. not necessarily fights, but I'm saying scrappiness, the, the scrappy, right. chippy play. Yeah. Maybe a little uh, like a hit a little later than normal might right. be let go. Right. Um, but. With the way with the way refs are are calling things nowadays, it, they might not. So, like again, like I said, the Blues just gotta watch their physical presence. Um, Sorry, I know they they definitely need to have a physical presence because they have uh, the Bruins have Zerdano Chara, mm-hmm. who is considered as of recently one of the biggest hitters in the league in the past ten five ten years. Mm-hmm. So, but Jaden Swartz from the Blues. Definitely, the the Bruins have to watch out for uh, sixteen goals in their twelve wins. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's playing out of his mind, twelve goals, um, and he also leads the team in assists at eleven. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly has eleven assists, and Jaden Schwartz with twelve goals. It's kind of like it's almost like Vladimir Tarasenko is kind of the forgotten man now. He is, but you, as the as a Bruins player, you can't. He's their, um, he's their best. You can't player. look over him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't look over him because he is actually second in goals. At eight. And then, of course, Scott and I fan favorite Patrick Maroon. Patrick Love Maroon. Yeah. He just brings a spirit to that Blues he, team. He brings the energy. He brings spirit, and he is one of those physical players that will get in Marshawn's face. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah. That'll definitely be a great matchup to watch, too. By the way, I did see Charlie McAvoy play. All right, cool. You did? Yeah. Cool. He got an cool. assist against us. <laughs> we lost 3 nothing. That's um, not bad. And the defenseman for for the Blues to watch is uh, Colin Paraco. He is yeah, heard an upcoming star. Um, he's been in the league for I think two years, three years maybe. I kind of like how the Blues have players that nobody's heard about, but they've made it this far. But they're sick. Yeah, they are very sick. Yeah. And uh, Alex Petrangelo leads the teams yes. with twenty five minutes. Nice. 
per game. All right, so, so before we take a break and go on to uh, the other stuff that we have, NHL draft, Joe. Jack Hughes incoming. Jack Hughes going to the you Devils. Still, you still think Jack Hughes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Capocacco? Yeah. Uh-huh. Even asked, did you hear what uh, Capocacco said? No. About the Devils? That it would be a huge mistake if they didn't pick him. Well, obviously he's going to say that. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But with his chance to be going to the Rangers, if you guys don't pick him, this is just my take from it. If you don't pick him, he's coming in to the league with a hatred for the Devils because that would be the same he didn't thing. go number one. Yeah, but that would be the same thing if it were Jack Hughes, too. I mean, both of these players, the Devils are going to miss out on a premier talent, but they're going to get a premier talent. Yeah. yeah. I think it's pretty much a lot. I, if, if, if Capo Caco comes to the Rangers, I will be more ecstatic than if Hughes drops. See, I think the Devils need a winger more right now yeah. because this our centers are Heeshear, Zajac. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Paul's a winger, right? Yeah. Yes. They they need wingers like Palmieri's getting up there in age. Um, yeah, I but, do agree. You know, if you can take a premier center, like he's gonna get- he's gonna have the puck more than anyone. Yeah. So. I think a center is definitely more valuable than a I think, winger. I think you plug in Jack Hughes to the Devils lineup. He's second line right away. The Devils will just sign Panarin and everything will be okay. Yeah, exactly. What do you guys think for uh, Islanders offseason? What do you think? They do don't need think? much. No? No. They need they to just, figure out the goalie. They extended Brock Nelson to like a six-year contract. Yeah, the goalie. Are they going to bring back um, Leonard and I Grice? Bring, yeah, I'd, I'd bring back Leonard. Rice, depending on yeah, Rice is a decent backup, and I think they yeah. should bring him another back. QU alum, Devon Taves. He'll be back. I think if the Islanders have a chance to maybe, I don't think they need a premier free agent, but if they get a decent one, I think they'll be back in the playoffs. They might sure. lose um, Eberly though. Yeah, that would be huge would, for them because yeah, be he was huge in the Penguin series. Yeah, goals left and right. The Devils were a team that he was connected to. I will take Jordan Eberly in a hot minute. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Devils need more depth. I think the Rangers need to figure out what they're going to do with their goaltender situation. I was that's just going to bring that That's up. their biggest issue. I think Georgiev should be the full-time starter now. What about that Russian kid they just signed? That's – oh, wait. No, he won't be He won't be up. Um, He'll be, like, in the AHL for yeah, a while? Yeah, probably. I'll be surprised if he's uh, right in the gate back. Aren't they saying he's, like, the next Lundqvist? Possibly. It, it all depends on what um, they can do with him in training with their goaltending coach. I think Georgiev... But he definitely, is, he definitely has a potential. I think Georgiev is the next... I don't think he's the next Henrik Lundqvist. I think he's going to be very good for them. He's going to be the next backup that they trade away? Uh, yeah. That's what you hope he's not. That's what you hope he's not. Because you see, you saw uh, all the goalies that came out of the Rangers. I think he's just another product of the Rangers goaltending coaches. Mm-hmm. Which is which are awesome. very good. They're very good. Which is awesome. Yeah. I think the Rangers need to hold on to him. He should be playing. I'm sorry, Henrik Lundqvist, but your time is coming. It's yeah, I it's hate, and that kid that time the time is uh, catching up with him. Yes, the kid that the Devils traded for Grabner. What a bust of a trade that was. Yeah, uh, he just signed with the Rangers too, and there was a lot of question marks. Like like he's a better talent than where they drafted him. There was just like they didn't know if he was going to come over to America. Like he was very set in the KHL, but yeah. mm. he signed a, like the entry level contract with the Rangers. Yeah. So, all right, so that's our NHL talk. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to wrap things up. Got a little something different. We're going to talk about, of course, a legendary quarterback tragically passing away yesterday. And then we have a little bit of a discussion going on. Who is the most underrated athlete we could think of, past or present? And then we'll get to on this day in sports history. From your mouth to God's ears, Joe. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Beyond Anchor FM. Don't go anywhere. 
And welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat here on Anchor FM. Just uh, we want to talk about Bart Starr for a second. Yep. Um, as someone who has stock in the Packers, mm, yeah, that's tough right. day in Packerland. Yep. Bart Starr uh, passing away at the age of 85. Um, talk about underrated athletes. He could be one. Very, very. He's actually, I was watching, getting ready for this, the um, <laughs> top 10 N- uh, NFL underrated players. He was number one on the list. Yeah. Uh, absolutely agree with. What a stud. Absolutely. Super Bowl one and two MVP. Won two Super Bowls under Vince Lombardi and then five NFL championships before that. Um Definite Hall of Famer, class of 1977. Year the Yankees won the World Series. Woo, woo. Um, yes, rest in peace to Bart Starr and uh, all of Packerland. We wish the best to his family. A legend has now since passed. So, Joe, let's start discussing. Get away. Get away. You don't even know who it is, so I could look at and I could show you, and you'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" One hundred percent. I know. We are. Uh, we have come up with the most underrated athlete, in our opinion. Not maybe not necessarily in history, just some that we think of. We'll have some honorable mentions as well, I guess. Okay. Joe, who do you think is a very, very underrated athlete, past or present? I'm going with present because I know you two are going past. We're history buffs here. You are. Um. <laughs> I don't know how you'll agree with me on this, but I think Golden State Warriors Clay Thompson. You have to. You have to. He's played in the shadow of uh, Steph Curry all of his career. He's never been a a go to player or a number one player, I should say. If he goes to any other team, he is the best player on that team. Okay. Um, Hands down. Okay. I think. I think Clay gets plenty of love, if you ask me. Yes, he plays in the shadow of Steph Curry and Kevin Durant now. I just don't know if he were to be on his own, like if he were to carry his own team. I was confident Kyrie would carry his own team. I don't know about Clay. I I don't know. I think he definitely could. I don't. Th- I'm not I saying. Think, I think if he went to the Knicks, I think he would be able to carry that team. I don't know because Clay's the kind of person where he's like specifically off ball and you know he needs like somewhat of a decent guard to you know get him the ball like he needs i i definitely do think he doesn't get as much love as he like deserves but you know i don't think he can carry one team i think he's a good again he's a good secondary player not i think he's he a good co- i think he's a good he could. option i think he could i think he could if he had like an average team around him i think he could mm-hmm. okay because he, the way he comes off screens and everything, like he, his off ball movement is unbelievable. Yeah. Like the only person that might be better than him is JJ Redick. Uh, yeah, you can make that argument, definitely. All right. So I, I actually. You want me to give my honorable mention yeah, sure. now or oh, later? Yeah. Go right Another present player. This is the one that I got from my outside source, my brother. Uh, so it's actually relatively good. Uh, Damian Lillard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. a good one. That's a good one. Yes. So. Oh, my God. So I, and that underrated. one was up in the air for me, whether I was going to give, like, I was going to say him as my actual. Underrated and underappreciated yeah. just because he plays in Portland. Same with CJ McCollum. Yes. Yeah, McCollum's yes. too. I yeah. I forgot about him, actually. Yeah. exactly why I'm doing this. Absolutely <laughs> unanimous. You absolutely agree with that. All right. Absolutely. Scott? I just thought of this one. Um, oh, this, is my, this is an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Devin Booker. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he plays for the crappy yeah. Suns, but he still, he's he's sick. Yeah, he seems like the guy puts up 50, 60 points every single game. I also think Bradley Beal is kind of underrated. Yeah, I feel like NBA, you have so many underrated <laughs> yeah. players because oh, no if your team sucks, you're, yeah, like yeah, you can't you can't win with just right. one. Player. D'Angelo Russell underrated. Right. <laughs> all right, my point. actual underrated player, a guy that we all love and appreciate, number twenty eight, number twenty eight, Curtis oh, Martin, our hero. Uh, unfortunately, he did win a Super Bowl with the Patriots before oh. coming to the Jets in 1996. He spent three years in New England, but then the majority of his career was with New York. And in 2004, at, his, at age 31, being a running back, had his best season. So, you know, 371 rushing attempts for almost 1,700 yards. He's great. At age 31, in his second-to-last season as a pro player, he... Retired with the fourth most rushing yards all time in NFL history. He now stands fifth uh, behind Frank Gore, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and Emmett Smith. Um, you know, I f- almost feel like Curtis Martin's underrated to some Jets fans, too. So, you know, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't know because, like, he is in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Right? He. I don't know if you can consider him. Underrated. Yeah, but like when you talk I about the greatest I, running backs of all time, when do you ever hear like Curtis Martin being don't. mentioned? You don't. I, I that's another thing. He's just. I think. He, I don't think he's that underrated. I think he's more underappreciated. If that really makes yeah. any difference to you. Okay. I mean, I, I feel like it kind of falls in the same category. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I do. I did see that actually. And a let's few just times and let's just be honest. Like he didn't play. He played for a small market team with the Patriots. Started his career, and he played for our beloved franchise, the Jets. And let's let's just say what it is. The Jets don't get a lot of national attention. Mm-hmm. Like, if he were playing for, I don't know, if you're playing for the Cowboys or playing for the Steelers, he'd get a lot more attention. But he played for the Jets, and yes, that's it's, um, people don't really remember that he's top five in rushing. rushing yeah, hard. no. And you said it before, Scott. When you think of Curtis Martin, you don't think of Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, yeah, exactly. Eric Dickerson. You don't think of those guys. So that's a very compelling pick. I I really like that. Not just because yeah. I'm biased as a Jet fan, but and like you look how he closed out his career. Like he had, like I said, 371 rushes for 1697 yards and 12 touchdowns mm-hmm. in the second to last year of his career. Um, he was selected to the Pro Bowl and a first team All Pro in 2004. Yeah. So, definitely an underappreciated uh, NFL legend. Yeah. For, yeah. You guys ready for this? Yeah. I'll give an honorable mention first. Oh, with Deki Matsui was also. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. My honorable mention is Randall Cunningham. Not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know how much you guys know about Randall Cunningham. Speedster. Yes. he. I think he revolutionized that, yeah. like the running quarterback he was, position. He was the Michael Vick before <laughs> Michael Vick. Yeah. And, you know, he was one of the most consistent players until he got hurt. And I think it was 98 he got hurt uh, or 96. I don't remember. But very, very underrated quarterback. He threw for because he was a speedster. He did. But he did throw for more yards than he did rush as a quarterback, obviously. But not to mention that he was in Philly. He didn't, you know, I mean, the, the Eagles back then didn't have awesome success like they were not awesome but then he goes to minnesota and 
has Randy Moss to throw to, and they, you know, they were pretty successful. So I think Randall Cunningham doesn't get enough love that he deserves, but I think he should be in the Hall of Fame one day. But you got to think about it too. In Philly, he didn't have anybody to throw to. You, you know, name me a receiver he threw to in Philly. He can't. I can tell you right now. No idea. An Eagles fan. But then he went to Minnesota and had Randy Moss to throw to. So he is very underrated in my mind. Okay. So who's your man? My man. Orwell man. A 6'1 point guard from St. John's University. Steve Francis? No. St. John's. <laughs> from St. John's. Shamori Ponds. <laughs> I mean. Where did getting... Steve Francis go to school? I don't know why I said uh, Steve Francis. The New York Knicks first pick in 1987. Is it John Starks? Mark Jackson. Oh. Very underrated player and underrated coach. And underrated broadcaster. Yes. Mark Jackson, I learned this yesterday doing my doing my research. Mark Jackson's fourth all-time in assists. No idea. Had no idea. He only trails Stockton, J. Kidd, and Steve Nash. He has more assists than Magic, Oscar Robertson, and Chris Paul I, and Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. Like, wow. the numbers aren't there. Like, he only averaged under 10 points a game. But he averages eight assists a game. Through, uh, almost, four re- almost four rebounds. This guy, you watch highlights of this guy, it's amazing that he was not a lifetime Nick because the Knicks are a dysfunctional franchise and can't hold on to good players. <laughs> but so underrated. You watch, his, you watch highlights of him. He's one of the best passers in the game. Like he's almost up there with a Jason Williams, I would say. Like he's obviously got more assist than Magic. He's he's up there. He deserves more praise than he like. It's amazing. I was watching his highlights yesterday. It's amazing how much love he does not get as a player, and then as a coach for his brief stint with the Warriors, he started the foundation. He did. He started the foundation. He doesn't get enough credit for that. Absolutely, and not to say that Steve Kerr is not a good coach, but I think Steve Kerr gets a little too much credit for what he does with the Warriors. I think Mark Jackson got wrongly fired by the Warriors. And I don't know how he's not a coach right now, but he's a very good broadcaster too. Mark Jackson, a forgotten name in the NBA, in the lures of the NBA. You think about just think about that for a second. Mark Jackson has more assists than Magic and, and the Big O. And Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double for his whole career. Just think about that for a second. So underrated. It makes me almost mad. So yeah. underrated. No, well, he was. That, that's a good one. Thank you. I was. I agree with that one. All right. Should we? Uh, what? Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Lopez is underrated. I have. I have to agree with that. He's a little underrated. He doesn't get that many looks. But again, he played for the Nets when they were in New Jersey, and again, small market team, bad team for them. I mean, for the majority of while he was there. But I mean. He is the Nets' all-time leading scorer. Yeah, he is. Who was previously? I want to say them. Was it, uh, was it uh, Petrovic? Yeah. I don't know. Let Ugh. me see. Nets. Before that, right? Oh. Well, I we did trivia before that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, trying to look up the. Trying to look up the Nets all-time leaders. All right. Joe, I'll ask Points. you this trivia question. Hold on, hold on. All right, fine. Okay. Uh, Brooke Lopez, then Buck Williams. It was Petrovic is nowhere near this. Really? Brooke Lopez has four more points than Buck Williams. Hmm. Then Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, Jay Kidd, Kerry Kittles, 
Yeah. Mm. Brooke, Brooke Lopez is second in all-time rebounds behind Buck Williams. Not to be confused with Buck Farmer. <laughs> and then Jay Kidd leads the Nets in assists with 4,620. Mm. All right, trivia question for you guys. Scott, you may know this. Joe, I have doubts for you. <laughs> but... Tough. Excuse me? <laughs> On May 27th, 1968, who officially called it a career after four decades as the head coach of the Chicago Bears? Mm, not Ditka. No. <sighs> oh. Guys, are you kidding me right now? What year? 1968, the Jet, the year the Jets won the Super Bowl. Four decades as coach? 40 years. Really think about it. Is it Lombardi? I was going to say. The Bears? <laughs> That's not <what>? the Packers? <laughs> I know. John Madden. A... John... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it, I'm going to know. I know it wasn't Lombardi. I don't know why I said that. Who top a bear? George Hallis. No. Oh, I don't know that. Oh my god. The guy no. only owned the team. I was gonna say their owner too. I didn't know the name, like but you. Yeah, you you paid touch a lot more history than John Madden. Down. John Madden who's the Raiders. <laughs> sure. Alright, right, so <laughs> Lombardi. Lombardi. <laughs> Could you imagine Lombardi coaching the Bears? That's like history upside down. Yeah, that would have been uh really that would have been a riot. Right. Oh, wait, we'll do our birthday shout-outs right now. Happy birthday to Sam Sneed, Terry Collins, Jackie Slater. Terry Collins? Yeah. Good, uh, Jeff Bagwell, Frank Thomas, Antonio Freeman, and uh, that's it. Oh, happy birthday, Tommy. Who was the 25th? Oh. On the 25th? Roman Reigns. Oh. He, fun fact, he played football at the University of Miami, I believe. Right? Really? I could see it. Yeah. Uh, who was his birthday? Uh, your birthday was the 25th? Yeah. Whose birthday was on the 25th? I share a birthday with Adam Levine. And Corey Schneider, actually. I that's, share a birthday with Corey Schneider. That's cute. That's uh, Tommy, you share a birthday with <laughs> Miguel Miguel Tejada, Brian Erlacher. Oh, yeah, we went over this because yeah, we, we recorded did. on the 25th. Duh. Chris Young and Sean Merriman, not Sean Marion. <laughs> yeah, I said Sean. He said I said Sean Merriman. He goes, "Oh, the guy with the weird jump shot." I was like, "Sean Merriman, not Sean Marion." Sean Merriman played what are you laughing at? You don't know who either of those guys are, Joe. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap things up like we always do with on this day in sports history. Good, Scott. Ooh, you can read it. Because Joe can't read. What's today's date? The, the 27th. 27th. Um, on this day, May 27th, 1985. Was not around then. Kentucky <laughs> no Derby winner, spend a buck. Buck farmer. Buck farmer. <laughs> Joe a buck. Lot, a lot of buck. <laughs> Made a buck and then some. Winning the largest purse in horse racing history. Spend a buck beat creme fresh in a photo finish at the Jersey Derby to collect the winner's check of $2.6 million. The record stood for nearly 20 years until Smarty Jones won the 2004 Kentucky Derby and a $5 million bonus. A lot of horse racing. Yeah, why is it all horse horse racing? Because it's it's Triple Crown time. I actually saw that the Preakness had their lowest rating because of the controversy with the Derby. Oh, wow. And then the Belmonts, I think the Belmonts soon. Yeah, uh, June 8th, I think. Yeah. Let's see, see be, it would be more exciting if we had a triple crown. Like, last year was exciting because Justify won all three races, but we're not getting that this year, so kind of underwhelming. But, hey, what are you going to do? 
You looking through the book, Chris? I want to see what uh what was special on my birthday. All right, let's uh let's take a look, shall we? Hmm. Maybe oh maybe Joe knows this. <laughs> um. Oh well, the on this day, <laughs> on this day. Um. Oh, I also share a birthday with Dano Chara and Scott Pitsednik. That's um, almost like Scott Pitts. Fernando Rodney. <laughs> All right, on this day in 1945, Maurice the Rocket Richard scored with less than three minutes to play in a game against the Boston Bruins. For Richard, it was his 50th goal of the season, a first in NHL history. Wow. Do you know who that is? Maurice, Maurice Richard? Richard? Yeah. yeah. I've heard of him, too. You've heard of him? Yeah, I've heard of him. Very legendary good hockey player. He's, so, um, yeah, that was not legend. today. That was March 18th, if you uh, <laughs> care. All right, so I guess that's it for us. Anything else you guys want to say? Of course, follow us on our social media. Go Blues. Social media. Go Blues. Go yes. Raptors. Raptors, yeah. Please don't let us down. Yeah, no, they will. <laughs> they will. All right. Um, Drake has to wear uh, Warriors, Warriors gear and, stuff. and not massage the coach. Actually, you know what? Do it. Massage because... the coach. Nick yeah. Nurse, give him a rub down. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, On Scott. the back. <laughs> on the back. On that, Scott. Take us home. All right. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Tri-State Sports Beat. Hopefully everyone had a great Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at Tri-State underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Start spreading the news